Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. have any compassion for Jesus. He died for you. You know, I see people shed more tears over those animal commercials where they sponsor an animal and they show the poor little dog or the kitty cat in the cage and they look all sad and oh, it just tugs at your heart. Friends, does Jesus tug at your heart? The fact that he died? I know a lot of people I talk about Jesus. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. But oh man, those animals. Oh, that's so terrible. That's so bad. Well, wait a minute. What about Jesus dying for your sins? He died for you. And he did nothing wrong. How amazing is this? I mean, that he would do such a thing for us to die in our place. That's amazing grace, guys. But understand that before the Holy Spirit of God could come in to indwell you, there first had to be the sacrifice of Jesus. Just like what we saw in 1 Kings 8 already. It says that King Solomon, everybody was gathered there with him before the ark. There was sacrificing of sheep and oxen. It could not be counted because of the amount of the multitude of it. Then, after the sacrifices, it says, we already read this, after the sacrifices, then the priest brought in the Ark of the Covenant and put it in its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple. Friends, the sacrifice has to happen before the Lord comes into the temple. Understand, we who believe in Messiah Jesus, we are the temple of God. But before he will come in to indwell your spirit, which is your inner sanctuary, it is now the holy of holies of the temple, which you now are, before he will come in there, first, the way had to be made by great sacrifice. You see the picture in Solomon's day. The sacrifices were happened too big to be counted. Friends, before God comes to indwell you, there's a great sacrifice that happened first there, too. And Jesus is the one that did that sacrifice. It's too big. It can't be measured. It's a great sacrifice. That's why Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, Ray, that sounds very intolerant because there's got to be 50 ways to heaven. No, there's not. Well, that's very intolerant, right? Yeah. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Of course, that's intolerant. The Bible says it. The only way that would work was through Jesus because he was the only one that could be the eternal king who could spill his blood to cover an eternity's worth of sin damage that we all caused. He was the only guy that could do it. Don't be mad that there's just one way. Be glad that there is a way. Because God didn't have to offer salvation at all. And so the priests, they were busy, 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 work, 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 doing all these sacrifices because that's what the law required of them to do. According to the law in Hebrews 9.22, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. 
So the priests were in there working hard, doing all the sacrifice work, because that's what the law required of them. Remember, it was in the ark. Here's a reminder. You're under the law. The law said you got to do all the sacrifice work. More sacrifices than can be counted. That's a lot of work. And the ark was carried by poles because they couldn't touch it or they'd die. That's what the law says. God's law basically says you sin, you die, which means we're all in trouble, right? But check this out. Here's the big turn, turning point. This is great. Once the ark was in its place in the Holy of Holies, then the glory of the Lord God filled the temple. And the cloud was so thick that all the work that these men were trying to do was put to an end. They had to stop what they were doing because the glory of the Lord God was in the temple among men. Friends, Jesus Christ was sent to dwell among men. And once you believe on Jesus Christ's sacrifice, Romans 6.14 says, you are not under law, but under grace. Okay, the law says you sin, you die. But grace says you live because Jesus died. And so there's a switch that kicks on. When you're not a believer in Jesus, you're under a law. You're under the sin, you die part. You're in trouble. But when you believe in Jesus, you move to grace. That means you transfer over from death to life. That means you leave where the law says you sin, you die. You now get under the blood of Christ that says, Jesus died, now you get to live. That's a great switch to have, right? Jesus' sacrifice is what brings the presence of God into your spiritual inner sanctuary, in your holy of holies, in your spirit, your inner man. But that's when you get switched from being under law, which is the bad place to be, to being under grace. And now that's the good place to be. And friends, grace is where all your work, all your work, 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 busy, busy, busy. I got to try to do good enough. I got your friends. You're never going to be good enough. You can't. We sin. We die. We've already violated the law. But grace is where your work comes to a stop. That's when it all ends. Ephesians 2 Verse 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Friends, can you imagine if God let us earn our own salvation, people would be bragging about it? They'd be boasting. Oh, man, I helped this lady across the street once when I was a kid. Man, I was so good. I just know I'm going to heaven for that. No, that has nothing to do with your... You can't earn grace. You can't earn the gift of God. I've had people say that they want to be nice to me because I'm a pastor. Raj, I just want to do this favor for you because that might be that might put me closer to the graces of God. I'm like, don't even say that. Don't throw me in this. You can't get closer to the, quote, graces of God by doing good things for a pastor or doing good things at all. The only way you can get into the grace of God is through the sacrifice that Jesus did, and that's it. That's all. Now, these priests were working hard under the requirements of the law, like a lot of these people think they're doing. Well, you know, I'm under law. They have a sense in their spirit that they're under law, that they can't be good enough. So they got to try to do something. I got to do this. I got to do that, all this work to try to maybe God will have favor with me somehow. Well, these priests were working hard under the requirement of the law, performing sacrifice, sacrifice, and more sacrifice. But after the presence of the Lord got into the Holy of Holies, then bam, they were unable to continue working anymore. They could not work under that law in the presence of the Lord God dwelling with man. It came to a stop. 
Now, what I think I see here is a foreshadowing of Jesus right here, the gospel, way back in the Old Testament of 1 Kings 8, that there would soon be this coming new covenant, a new covenant where Jesus' ultimate sacrifice would make the way for the presence of God to come in and indwell his new temple within us so that would be where all of man's work would be cut off. Ephesians 2 said, it's not by your works. That glory of the Lord comes in the temple. It's showing, man, this is where you stop. Okay? Friends, you can't earn your salvation. The only reason we serve God at all is out of thankfulness and obedience that we're glad to be saved, but you don't work to get saved. You don't. God was showing his people, you're under the law right now, but there's coming a time when you can be put under grace, and this is something you can't work for because it's the gift of God. Friends, when you consider that God's glory filled the temple, it says, and since we are now the temple, then don't you think God's glory should be filling us? The glory of God should fill his temple. That's us. That's you and me who believe in Jesus. When God fills your life, then people should see a new you, not the old worried you that worked so hard. Oh, I can't do enough. I'm trying to do better. Working so hard under the law. You know, without saying a single word, people should be able to just look at you and see that the Lord God has taken over your life. Worry and distraction, it never shows the Lord at work in you. All it shows is you at work and wearing out. People can't see Jesus when you're freaked out all the time and scared and worried about everything. You want to show people Jesus. You got to show them that the Lord has taken over your life. Your worry and distraction doesn't need to be there because your work is, you don't have any work to put into this. Jesus did it all. Remember what he said on the cross? It's finished. He didn't say, well, it's 95% done. You do the rest. He said, it's done. He took care of it all. And so you just got to ask yourself a question. Can people tell I'm a believer in Jesus Christ just by looking at me? You know, they should be able to, because if the glory of the Lord should be filling his temple and we're the temple, that means the glory of the Lord should be filling you and people should just be able to see that just by looking at you. This reminds me of Mary and Martha when they were with Jesus. Martha was all distracted with work and she was uh, she was worried about everything. But Mary just stopped what she was doing. She just stopped because she wanted to sit down and listen to Jesus. And Martha actually got mad at Mary for this. But Jesus said that Mary was doing the right thing. She had chosen better. Friends, once we get under grace, we can't be distracted and overrun with the busyness of life. Whatever the news media wants you to be scared of this time around. What, it's going to be something next month, okay? It's just going to be the new flavor of the month, something to be scared of. If you let that own you, then you're not letting Jesus Christ own you because he never gave you a spirit of fear, okay? You got to be filled with the spirit of God. If Jesus has taken over your life, then it should be easily seen by everybody that merely looks at you, that you're no longer under law, but under grace. I can tell you one way how to do it. When you're in a long line at a grocery store and it's not moving and you want to get upset and all mad like everybody else, hey, choose to be happy. Strike up a conversation with somebody and make it make yourself look different like you actually are different under Jesus Christ. Show them who Jesus is some kind of way. You've got a way to do it. Once the Lord got a hold of me, my old life that I had, it all just stopped. 
all the things I was worried about, all the things I was working for, trying to be good enough, and I never could get there. As a matter of fact, the better I tried to be, the worse things got. That was God's way of showing me, you're not doing this. I'm the only one that can. So I couldn't get anywhere. But I always say, if you hate your life, and I know a lot of people do, if you hate your life, give it to Jesus. He'll give you a new one. Amen. Now, I want you to consider that the ark was set in its place in the Holy of Holies room in the center of the temple. It says it was set under the cherubim, those images of the angelic beings. Now, did you know that the prophets and even angels of the old times, they were fascinated with the subject of salvation? Did you know that? Let me show you in 1 Peter 1 verse 10. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. What this is saying is that the prophets, they looked deep, and the Spirit revealed to them that there's going to be these great things that was going to come, and they wanted to know what it was. And it says that even angels desired to look into this. It's a very curious thing. So to me, when I read this, it's obvious that the prophets would be curious about this salvation, as it says. Salvation is very curious to them, but angels? Why would angels be very curious about salvation? Friends, I mean, especially when you consider how angels are an entirely different realm of creation apart from us. It's a very different thing. They know that when a third of them fell, you remember that? The the third that fell became demons with Satan, okay? When a third of them fell, that third is not coming back. They fell, they're gone. They're not coming back. They are done. But all of man, 100% of mankind fell, not just a third. All of us fell, not 33%. Every last one of us fell. Yet we, as men, mankind, we get the chance to repent and be forgiven by Jesus. We can be brought back again. (laughs) It's no wonder that angels desire to look into grace, this salvation that we have, that we get. And so when you consider how the ark was placed underneath the cherubim, it says, those angelic beings, not only are those cherubim serving as a reminder for the priests to maintain their reverence in their work while they were inside the temple doing their work as a reminder, hey, keep reverent here. That wasn't the only reason for it, but also that was to remind how good we have it because we can be saved. It was a reminder that even salvation something angels are curious to look into. They want to know that they're watching us. They see things going on. These people that fell, and yet they can still be brought back and saved. And friends, salvation is promised and bound by covenant. Once God sets a covenant in, it's done. You remember how joyful Solomon was at the temple dedication because God had confirmed to him that what he said was going to happen happened? Friends, when God says he's going to do something, he does it. 
So I want to show you another promise that God says he will do, which is bound by covenant. You listen to this. Acts 2, verse 21. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say might be. It doesn't say 50%. Your chances are good. It says shall be saved. And that's whoever. Friends, even those people groups out there that you can't stand, the people you don't like, oh, they have to be, they're they're wicked, they're going to hell. Uh, Excuse me, the Bible says that even if they call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved too. So maybe that ought to change some of your stereotype ways you look at certain people groups. You need to look at them not as, oh, terrible them. You need to look at them as somebody who has just as much opportunity to receive the same grace that saves you will also save them. That's the way you need to see people. So if Solomon could be so joyful about a promise that God fulfilled, then I think we should be joyful too over knowing that we believers will be saved. You know, we shouldn't be moping around and being scared of what the world says because the world can't guarantee eternity like the Lord God can. He can guarantee that and he binds it with covenant. If the Lord would fill his temple, then shouldn't we be filled since we're the temple? Now, I want you to take a close look at every picture the Bible has shown us here. You should be able to see the gospel in every chapter of every book of the Bible because Jesus is all in it. You New Testament Christian, I'm a New Testament Christian. Hey, Jesus is in the Old Testament too. He's in there. I want you to be able to see the gospel every time. And in today's chapter, we see that it took great sacrifice, more than can be measured, before the Lord God would come into his temple. And friends, God placed the same requirements on Jesus' sacrifice as what I showed to you earlier. Number one, the sacrifice had to be perfect. It had to be spotless. No blemishes, no imperfections on it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says of Jesus Christ, For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. The second requirement is we have to identify with that sacrifice so that our sin would transfer. Remember when I said they in the Old Testament, they used to put their hand on the sacrifice to identify that this is my sacrifice. They had to say, this is going to be my sacrifice for my sins. Friends, we have to do the same thing. And here's how you do it. Romans 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Will be, will be, will be saved. That is so good, guys. That's a promise. And the third requirement is that the sacrifice had to die with that sin upon it. First Peter 2 and 24 says, Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. You see, if you identify with Jesus as being your sacrifice, then it all transfers to him and then he takes it down into the grave so that you don't have to. He goes down into death with the sin on him. Because, friends, if you go down into the grave with your sin on you, you're condemned and you're in big trouble for the rest of eternity. But Jesus took it on himself. He didn't contract it out. He didn't say, hey, somebody else go and do it. Who's the next guy in command? No, it was only Jesus that could do it. Only the Lord God himself could be both our eternal king and our sacrifice in the same guy. How amazing is that? (laughs) Hebrews 9.12 says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal 
redemption. Friends, only Jesus the high priest could go into the most holy place. Only the presence of God went in there. Remember, they hid it, and it was back in there. You couldn't see it, except the poles were sticking out. He's the only one that could go in there. And it says that Jesus Christ himself, he went into the holy place, the most holy place, and he got our eternal redemption. He bought us back. He did that for you and me. Friend, if you're tired and worn out, all you got to do is just stop what you're doing. I know you're out of steam. I know you're tired. You just got to stop what you're doing and let Jesus take over. No more busyness. No worry. None of that. Do the right thing and submit to Jesus like Mary did. She chose the better thing than Martha. Martha, oh, busy. I got, I got all this. We got all this stuff to do. How are we? Jesus, make her do something. Jesus said she took the better way. Do like Mary did. Friends, the Lord wants to move in, and when he does, bam, he'll take over all your work. Heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. And to think that your inner being spirit is the holy of holies, where the Lord wants to indwell with you. But he will only enter in if you have identified with Jesus as your perfect sacrifice for sin. Believe in Jesus Christ and your sin will transfer to him, making the way for you to have eternal life. The Lord will move in, and then you are no longer stuck under the law anymore. It all stops. Matter of fact, you won't be able to function like that anymore. It will stop, just like all those priests. They're burning and churning, man. They're doing all this stuff with these sacrifice animals. And when that cloud filled, they they couldn't even do their work anymore. When Jesus moves in, your old life is going to stop. The way you did everything is going to quit because now you're under grace. Friends, this is a picture of our holy God no longer separated from man. God had this separation. Get away. You got to stay back. You're a sinner. But God wants to indwell you. He no longer wants to be separate from you. When Jesus died, the, the veil was ripped in half. God showed everybody, come on in. I made a way for you to come in through the crucifixion of Jesus, his sacrifice. And now we can dwell together with our God directly. It's like cream and coffee. They're two separate things. You got cream in one hand, coffee in the cup. But when you pour them into each other and stir it, they become one thing forever together and they will never be separated. That's what God wants to do with you. He wants to come and stir in with your spirit and be one with you. That's such a good thing we have from our God. Isn't God good to us? He certainly is. Friends, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you, to redeem you. Remember, we went over that, redeem you, to buy you back something so fascinating that even the angels are amazed by it. Will you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? Let's pray. Father, I have sinned. I'm sorry. I violated your law. But thank you, Lord, that you came and provided the sacrifice immeasurable, too big to count, Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, that he died in my place. He took the penalty of my sin upon him, that it transfers off of me and lands on him so that he goes into the grave with it and takes it down where it should be, buried in the dirt, so that I don't have to do that with it upon me. You took care of that job for me that I couldn't do. What would have taken me an eternity in hell to pay off myself, you did all in one day on the cross. And I thank you for that gift. Thank you for doing that for me. I accept it. You are now Lord. You're the boss. I will follow you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that you are now set for life. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.